Hi, and welcome to Brand Bites, where we talk design, future brands, and all things startup. With him, Frankie Gingle, and him, Matthew Fern. Proudly sponsored by Virtue Sparkling Energy Drink. Let's, Let's go. go. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm smashing. How are you? I am mega as Brilliant. always. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode, episode seven, seven yeah. of uh, Brand Bites, which we are calling Don't Do a Donald Trump, and that will all become very clear later. Yeah. But before we go into our main topic, let's start, as always, with brand news. And Frankie, you've got something really exciting from a uh, yeah. brand development point of view. Yeah, so this is quite big. This is um, So Ford have released um, images, uh, well, news of the brand new electric car that they're producing and they're calling it the Mustang. Um, the, the muscle car that's a fuel guzzler. The VA massive muscle car, yeah. It's going electric. It's going eco. Um, yes, which has had very mixed reviews recently. Um, I'm still not sure how I feel about it, really. Well, surely piston heads are going to be pretty miffed, aren't they? Don't they like, you know, drink unleaded petrol for <laughs> yeah, breakfast yeah. and that sort yeah, of exactly. stuff, right? They must yeah. be... Fuming, but it's obviously the way that the world's going, right? Yeah. Um, so obviously, Ford, they they want the legacy to live on. I think of the Mustang name, but they yeah, know that the future is in, in um, electric, electric cars. cars. Yeah, uh, and they tried they tried briefly to sort of make the Ford more eco, and I think that actually didn't go down particularly well, mm. um, considering their target market probably wasn't that bothered with uh, eco boost and that side of like. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, cars, but yeah, the the new car. I mean, we'll, we'll probably have to upload a picture just to show all our followers and yeah, of course. Uh, on the Facebook and the Instagram. But the the car does not look like like a Mustang. No, not at all. So it's, it's a massive change for them. But I think, look, one hat off to them. Applaud them for for embracing the the future. I think the the difference between the states and here is we pay such an enormous. Um, enormous tax and duty on fuel that it's very expensive whereas in the states fuel is much much cheaper than it is here so people do have yeah. these huge you know as you say v8s um you know muscle cars that just you know guzzle through the stuff and yeah. it's all about raw power and things and i think you have to embrace the fact that that's part of the past it is not part of the future for for, for a world that has a climate change crisis and I, I applaud them for not saying, Do you know, what, we'll just let the Mustang, which is probably a massive brand all of its own. Yeah, yeah, um, true. Not let it die off. No. Just because this isn't the world anymore, we're going to reinvent ourselves in that way. I, you've got to, you've got to take your hat off to them because there are other brands, yeah. as we know, who are nervous about their electric range having negative impacts on them. You know, you take Citroen with that, creating the new brand oh, the, DS, DS rather yeah. than that, and they've got electric cars there because they're petrified of the impact on Citroen which I don't yeah. think of as as sort of really putting your money where your mouth is or not showing great belief in your own ability no that, that's something it does say as well because I know I know of um, smaller companies that are very resistant to um, taking a slightly different direction in their brand because they they have built up so much um, equity in a name one yeah. name or one product but the fact that Ford have gone all in um, shows utmost confidence in Real the new, yeah, the new electric car. So fair play to them. But I just think it's 
massive news that the Mustang is going electric. Going electric. All electric uh, as well. To think a car which is so recognisable from the sound of its engine. It's going to be silent. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Maybe yeah. they'll have like an audio track you can play through the stereo oh, that, that makes it sound. That would be good. Yeah. That's quite, that's quite, do you know what? If you're interested in Ford and Mustang team in particular, would like to hear our ideas and always give us a <laughs> shout through Instagram. It's at brand bites pod, as everyone yeah. knows, or through uh, Facebook, through the group there. But no, that's really, really interesting. And we'll, um, we'll make sure we post an image up on the, uh, both on the Facebook page and on the uh, on the Instagram uh, page yeah. as well, so everyone can see. Really interesting, cool. brand news today. Yeah, that's no, fantastic. So, shall we move on to our well main topic, which is really really important to us today? Um, don't do a Donald Trump. Um, yeah. Which we, which is all about um, claiming or promising something and then not delivering whether you yeah. decide not to do it or whether you are unable to do it or you're yeah. unable to do it in the first place. I'm thinking about the wall. Um, <laughs> so this is all about uh, working with um, either clients, if you're a service provider, or if you're a business working with service providers, and that can be everything from design agencies, consultants, um, it could be uh, PR agencies, whomever. Um, and we've got five sort of key tips that we're going to work through yeah. with you now about ensuring whether you're on either side, making sure that you don't do a Donald Trump um, on, on this one. And Frankie, do you want to start us off with with briefing clients and how yeah. to not do a Donald? Yeah, yeah, I'll start us off. So, um, so firstly, I think um, it's important to internally work out exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can only really speak from... Um, the side of a graphic designer as a service provider um, to other businesses. And you do have those initial conversations with people. It's fine to email back and forth and build up a bit of uh, rapport and a bit of just familiarity. And that's more than fine to say, oh, what's rough prices for this? If you're just feeling around, see who's who's around. Uh, But when you're sort of confident you're going to use someone, or even before, um, to have a very clear-cut brief is always so important. Um, just to clearly explain exactly exactly what the outcome is or your intended outcome for the project. So in my case, if someone wants to produce a um, brand identity and they come to me and if they like, oh, we just need a logo. Okay, but wh- why do you need a logo? Mm. Um, oh, I suppose, I suppose it's going to go on packaging. Okay, so you need packaging. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but then you actually need packaging that targets your exact audience and then you then have a clear outcome you have a goal um, and you're both on the same page so if you internally can work out what that focus is first and work that into a brief that's always going to be so beneficial to make sure that both you as a business and the service provider are both like crystal clear on the outcome well, and that, it's a responsibility of both of you right because the brief, yeah. the brief is only as good as both parties engaging with it I mean a lot of people seem to think it's all about if, for example in your case uh, you know the creative drawing this stuff out of you it's not at all if you want real quality of output yeah um, from anyone that you're engaging with you want good value for money if nothing else yeah you need to make sure you get exactly what it is and that I think you want I, and, and, and I think a lot of people do turn up to someone like yourself without real clarity over what it is that they're expecting, then all of a sudden that logo becomes packaging or becomes whatever. And they think, oh, this is a lot more expensive than I was expecting, or, oh, this is so much more, or and I didn't really want this. And then, yeah. they, and then they're unsure, whereas actually 
a crystal clear brief is probably going to make life a lot, lot easier. Yeah, I completely agree. But I do think uh, on, on, on the other side of the coin, if you are a service provider, make sure you do your part on digging a little bit deeper. So do ask the questions that might draw out a bit more information that your client may not have thought about. Yeah. Um, but from a business's point of view that's using a service provider, to have a clear-cut brief and a clear outcome first uh, is always going to benefit you in the long run. Uh, yeah, it just cool. it just sets the goalposts really. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think briefings. I think briefing is. I guess because it's the first major bit, as you say, after the sort of um, the foreplay of having an initial yeah. chat about stuff is really really key. I think the next bit, and, and this is my sort of um, my next key tip on this is um, is associated with something that Donald Trump will know a lot about. It's a prenuptial agreement. <laughs> um, so. The prenup, or terms and conditions, yeah. as it's known in the real world, is really important. It may not sound like the jazziest or sexiest or coolest part of this, but I tell you what, it's utterly, utterly imperative to get right. And I, and I want to do this from not only the service provider, but also from the client's point of view. Terms and conditions are there to protect you or to have certainty if and when it goes wrong. Okay, we don't want it to go wrong. We don't like the idea of it going wrong, but you have to be prepared for that. Yeah. If you're going to be getting a design agency in, for example, you need to know, be really clear over who owns the publishing rights to that imagery, for example, whether it's from a photo shoot, that sort of thing. Yeah. If it's um, associated with the inability to come after someone afterwards if there's been a loss of earnings on the back of it, or it might be associated with payment terms, it might be associated with... Um, with reporting and maybe all, all sorts of stuff that's there the terms and conditions are effectively a clear roadmap that dictates what both sides should be getting out of this and will get and therefore it's something that you can task one another to so you can say I'm holding you to this because this is what you said would happen Yeah. and T's and C's aren't like they are when you download an app and you just swing to the bottom and click <laughs> I accept and yeah. give a squiggle right you have to go through them because I tell you what, the number of times I've had a conversation with a client and they've come back to said something to me and I've said, well, hold on, you didn't agree to that. Yeah. Or they said to me, well, we didn't agree to do that. And I said, well, look, you, you did. You signed our terms and conditions. It says really clearly. Now, one of the things you need to do as a service provider is ensure that your terms and conditions aren't overly legalized. So they aren't written in a way that no one understands, in legalese, as yeah. my uh, lawyer brother-in-law would say. And also that they're not overly complicated. I use a single A4 sheet of terms and conditions, and that is very, very clear to work with yeah. people. So T's and C's, really, really important, I think, is that second stage prior to engaging in work. Yeah, that sounds good. But Frankie, yeah. oh, number three for you. Yeah, so number three, third tip would be, um, so the ownership of the process. So just taking... Well, as, as you would say, put your uh, big boy pants on. Put your big boy pants on, yeah. And um, just, yeah, take control. So don't don't leave it in the hands of your service provider if you are a business and vice versa. So if you are a service provider, don't just wait to be chased up or wait until sort of like the time has come. Like give regular updates and as a business, ask for regular updates. Yeah. Um, ask for like, oh, e even if just like, are we... 25% there or are we close to 60% like something like that are we that on track just, for just gives Friday's you, deadline yeah you know, just simple gives stuff. you some like yeah basic uh, idea into where you are in the process and something I've actually just thought of is 
as as we're talking about this, the briefing's almost like setting the finish line, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's to say this is where we need to be. Um, and the T's and C's is almost like breaking that down into um, sort of like this is where we're going to be at this stage and this is what's going to happen. It's sort of like incrementing that yeah. that timeline almost. Um, and the ownership of the process is literally just saying where you are on that line. It's, uh, absolutely. And, and that's on the... And that's on the um, that's responsibility of both, really. Yeah, it's, it's not assuming that the other side is going to do all of that, all of yeah. that work. And yeah, to- totally agree. I think the a lot of people seem to think that if they just stop and wait, ultimately it'll happen. Yeah. Or if someone doesn't respond to you, um, then that means they're working on it, or they're not working on it. I mean, it's the assumptions that are the problem. And I've had this even recently, as you know. You know, you have a conversation with someone, and you know, let's say you got very very clear brief on what work you're going to do, really clear T's and C's on how payment needs to happen. You speak to the person, payment isn't made. Um, You check the bank account again, day it's due, days afterwards, a week afterwards, it hasn't been paid. The ownership, and then, then, you know, and I had the conversation with a client, and they then said, oh, well, you know, we we had a bit of a cash flow problem, so we just assumed that you'd be fine, that you'd give us some leniency. Take ownership of that. If you know that, don't... Bury your head in the hand. It's like, call. Have the conversation. Own yeah. that process. Um, that's a really, really important bit. And we'll, we'll go on to it in a, in a moment uh, as, as sort of tip five later on about, about having those conversations. But, you know, take control of the process. Whether you're paying or you're being paid, mm. own that relationship. Own that transaction because it's so, so important. And go, going back to where not doing a Donald Trump, if you say you're going to do something... Then ownership of that. Yeah. Make sure, make sure you achieve that and you you reach that agreement as well. Absolutely. Don't just say the Mexicans will pay for it. <laughs> yeah. right? That's that, that, that's the whole point. Like just don't 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 make it up. Yeah. And then own it. And then don't wait for someone to say why didn't that happen. Yeah. Like be on top of it. Um, the fourth tip we would give is is what we call the the feedback loop. Um, too often there is radio silence between a um, client and a service provider. Yeah. So much silence. And it's really weird. We sort of assume people are happy or we assume that people understand the process or we assume that they are happy with timelines or silence. Hmm. I'm a massive, massive fan of feedback. Not just verbal feedback, but written feedback. Feedback between the two of you is a core... Uh, yardstick in which you're measuring yourself against those terms and conditions yeah. or against that brief. So I think it's got to be in writing. I, I suggest you either do a survey monkey of some description that gets sent out to your client on a regular basis. Let's say you're working with someone over a, over a three-month basis. Okay. Yeah. It goes out to them once a month or goes out to them at the end of the brief. Maybe you've got clear stages like you do, Frankie, of the brief the first bit of work, the yeah. first iterations, alterations, completion and, and, and sending it. That you, you have one at each of those stages, it's very clear for them to, to, to feedback. Or have the phone call associated with gathering that feedback, but then type it up, send it over and get them to confirm that they agree that that was their yeah. feedback in writing. The main reason for that being, one, if it all goes horribly wrong, and I don't yeah. like to think of that, but if it all does go horribly wrong, it's great to be able to say, well, look, you seemed really happy at all these stages here. Yeah. But more importantly than that, let's pretend it's not gone really wrong, but let's, be, let's assume that you end up in a slight conflict, which does happen quite often when yeah. you're trying to do something that people are emotionally involved in. If you can say to someone, let's go back to the last part moment that you were really happy about this. Okay, so you're not happy with the, the 
design of the can that we've done or the bottle or whatever it is. Okay, let's go back to the last time that you gave us feedback and you were really happy. Okay, that was associated with the logo. What did you enjoy about the logo? The logo says, the feedback says about the logo here that you like the colors, you like the simplicity, you like this. Well, this is why we're translating that into the packaging. So what is it that you don't like about the packaging? Is it that it doesn't, it's not aligned to what you said before? Is it that you've now changed your mind? Let's go back to the last moment where we yeah. were happy about yeah, what was that going on. That. And that feedback loop should be continuous and two-way. You know, yeah. And that's brilliant. It's really important that it is. And I guess way. also judged against the initial brief as well yeah. to make sure you, you haven't just gone on a tangent on opinions and just impulsive ideas. You are still sticking to a clear goal as if, well. If your client suddenly says they're unhappy because you're not doing certain mock-ups but they weren't agreed in the brief, yeah. then there's clarity over that. But you have to have that clear feedback all the yeah. way through. Um, so, yeah, definitely feedback loop is, is, is tip number four. Um, Tip number five, yours are my favourite. Yeah. So, uh, is having <laughs> the difficult conversation. I was going to say putting your big boy pants on. I just Again, keep, keep using that phrase right? now. It, and this is something that Frankie and I both feel really, really strongly about. Um, people seem really, really afraid to have the tough conversation. Yeah. People seem to think that um, you can send uh, an RC email or an aggressive text, or just ignore stuff, yeah. or do whatever. Stop being afraid to have the difficult conversation, but don't do it in a finger-pointing, aggressive, Donald style. <laughs> you yeah. cannot point at someone and say, you know, you're a, I'm about to swear, you're a Wally. Um, <laughs> like, whatever it is, you, you can't you say, lemon. You, oh, you monkey you Ooh. no st don't do it yeah stop being a critical bastard in that case <laughs> and put a solution forward okay yeah. if you're gonna have the difficult conversation say look frankie the work you did mocking up the jumpers for our for our trade show i wasn't really happy with i don't feel like you adhered to the brief that's one thing right but follow it up with a next step that's yeah a, a resolution so I don't think that it's reflective of the quality of the work that you've done previously, and it doesn't seem to capture what we're looking for. Could we sit down, or could we have a Skype call, or could we have a phone call to discuss some changes that you might be able to make yeah. to it? Yeah. Right? That is putting your big boy pants on, your big yeah. girl pants, and having the difficult conversation in a grown-up manner. Yeah, it's a and productive discussion, it, really, to it links resolve back it. to the quality of the original brief, the terms of you read, but also ownership of the process. Okay? Yeah. Don't just tell someone that you're not happy. Explain to them why you're not happy. It may be a breakdown in communication. But also also understand fix. that you're both just people that obviously trying to make businesses succeed. Yeah. You, your end goal is the same. Um, and literally just, yeah, appreciate that you are both people and you can just have a chat and that it's likely that if you've got to the end stage, and everything's been going swimmingly, then they're probably going to be understanding enough to take on some critical feedback. But as long as it's done in a constructive way, really. Yeah. If you if you say if I know if you if you did some work, Frankie, I know that you'd want to do the best possible job for you and for them because as a startup yeah. business, referral, as you know and I know, is the biggest part. Well, like of most the lead small businesses will want to, won't they? Exactly. In the earlier stages, so, especially. 
And as you get bigger, you've got reputation to worry about, and that's also really important. So what you, you know, you'll want to do it better, but if someone comes at you, you'll think, oh, screw them, it's worth my time. Being a pain, I've done exactly mm. what you want to. And that's the problem. Whereas yeah. actually, if you, if you come to it with, look, and don't sugarcoat it, I'm not happy with the, with the hoodie. It just doesn't look, for me, what I was, it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Maybe I didn't communicate that appropriately. And I know we've used the iterations in the terms and conditions, but could we please have one more alteration? Because right now it, I, it isn't what I'd want to go and get yeah. printed. That's a grown-up conversation and one that people will respond well to. Yeah, 100%. And the, the ground is also laid there with how crystal clear your brief is and the T's and C's that Absolutely. you agree on. So it's all... It's all wrapped up, right, yeah, into yeah. one really clear Completely. package. Guys... Don't do a Donald Trump. Don't <laughs> yeah. promise what you can't do. No. Don't then back down because you didn't have any T's and C's. Own that process, regular feedback, and have the difficult conversation. And I promise you, for both sides of the service coin, both the client and yeah. the service provider, you will have such, such improved outputs and quality of outcomes yeah, for both of you. Definitely. And you'll both be much, much happier. Yeah. Right, we have got our favourite, favourite, favourite section yeah. coming back right now, Hot Topic, which we're going to be doing with the wonderful, amazing, talented Frankie Gingle um, in a minute. It'll be seamless for you, but we'll be right back. <laughs> yep. Right, so Hot Topics. What a treat. I'm looking forward to this because, if you remember, I was uh, Carolina Reapering last time. Yeah. And today, Frankie's Scotch Bonneting. Scotch Bonneting, yes. Frankie, talk to us about the hot sauce. Um, so the one we've got uh, this week is from Thomas Condiments, uh, the company that produce my sauce. Uh, so they have a range of three hot sauces um, made to be used mostly within cooking. Uh, okay. It's different to the one you had, which I think is just to burn your tongue off. <laughs> yeah, to burn my face. This one's just to add a bit of flavour, um, add a bit of character to your dishes, uh, really. Um, and they produce a spicy pineapple marinade and then two uh, scotch bonnet sauces that have slightly different heat ratings okay you're so having the hottest one i've gone for the, the hotter scotch bonnet yeah it's um, a soup spoon's worth frankie yes please have it and we will start your okay. hot topic all right straight in licking the spoon off there I took my teeth out as well how's that that's hotter than i thought yeah so it smells <laughs> he's wearing an orange hoodie and his face <laughs> is joining that color really quickly oh how is it describe it Oh my! It's, it's hotter than I thought. You look like a beetroot. So it's, it's incredible. It smelled like a, a really nice salsa, um, and I've probably just been a bit keen with how much. A bit I, boisterous there, aren't you? How much I put in then? Right, let's crack on while yeah. he's sweating profusely. Uh, Frankie, <laughs> Frankie wears glasses. And I don't think you can see me, Frankie. Your hot topic. I would like you, right now, to yeah. the creators of my sauce to give them feedback on their packaging and okay. what changes you would make were you working with them right now? Oh, if I were to make change, okay, sorry, I'm gonna try not to die. Uh, so, the the bottles themselves I really like. Mm. Um, sort of clear, rich color of the sauce coming through uh, with the stickers over the top. The stickers say, uh, my sauce, which uh, I think part of the story is about the personal journey of the creator, yeah. which is always quite nice with a startup. Um, uh, I I would almost give that story a bit more prominence that's on the back, because I think okay. that is quite. Oh, I'm struggling here. That's quite a key. 
<laughs> factor in yeah. a lot of uh, small batch businesses anyway. Um, so I'd almost give that a bit more prominence on the back and really tie that in with the logo. Yeah. Um, I do like I do like how it's got sort of more uh, very vibrant colours. Yeah. Uh, and it's very clear that it's gluten-free, natural ingredients. Um, the indicator for which or how hot each of them is it seems to be slightly hidden towards the sides of the of the labelling. Would you give that more prominence? Uh you you could do, um, but then I think you could also do that in the maybe in the naming. Yeah, because um, you've got so two I, that say Scotch bonnet. They're different coloured labels, but how do you really differentiate between the two aside from finding that heat piece? Is that would that be an area you would look at? I think yeah, maybe if you had, or maybe some different imagery uh, okay. as well. Because I think the colours are great. Like the colours are very vibrant yeah. and they're greens it, and oranges and yellows. Yeah, they're really, really. They, they give off a Caribbean vibe. Is there, is yeah, there a no, Caribbean history in this? Yes. So that's oh, the, fantastic. Uh, that's the goal. So they've obviously done that very well. Yeah. Um, but I did have to, unfortunately, check the side of the bottle to see if I was having the hotter one or not. Okay. Um, which I might have regretted now, given, <laughs> given how much I had. But uh, Thank you, creators of my source. I'm if, a big fan of yours. Yeah, right I think now. if we could sort of... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe have, uh, instead of two that are called Scotch Bonnet, and maybe have, like, a variation of that. Um, I don't know, I'm just spitballing, but I think that it should be clearer from the front. Yeah. Uh, which could really sort of set each source apart on its own as well as a range, because as a mm. range, yeah, brilliant. And uh, you can kind of tell with the colour of the source coming through from the bottle, which, again, as I said, is... Although the richest colour is the least spicy. <laughs> Yeah, but you out of the Scotch bonnet ones, you can tell yeah, obviously which one's hotter. But um, but it all, almost looks like it's two different because if you don't know the difference in the heat, it almost looks like an old label and then a newer label from a new design almost at the moment. I, okay, for me, a, there's not enough differentiation a, for me to know they're two yeah. different skews. No, that's that's yeah, good insight. Because obviously, I know now. Yeah, um, but I hadn't thought of that. Um, but well, I think. How about this? How about you and your amazing creative talents? Yeah. How about we pull together for the amazing people at My Source, who, by the way, sent us this source to use for Hot Topics. So thank you so much yeah, for that. Yeah, thank you very much. And Why it, don't we send them um, a couple of hints or tips or things that we would try to, to do to make alterations on that packaging for them? Yeah. And yeah, we I mean, share that, obviously, I'd through Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd, lo I'd love to sort of see how we could set each one apart on its own as well as a range. Because yeah. I think they do work well as a range. Oh, they look great together. It's obviously communicated, it's Caribbean, and there's the story of the Mysore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if we could dial that up to 11, that would yeah. be, uh, yeah. Which is the temperature you are now yeah, out of exactly. 10. Because yeah. I've never, I've ne I've seen Frankie run around in pre-season training in blistering heat and not be this hot. So it's, you're yeah. doing very well. It does, it does taste good. Now the initial, uh, heat's yeah, away. the surprise. Of, uh, I'm looking forward to trying it myself. Yeah. Awesome. Well done, Frankie. Yeah, thank for... you. Thank you for the guys that, my source. No, yeah, well done, guys. I'll definitely be having this in my food as opposed to by the spoonful. Yeah, I want to try the spicy pineapple marinade. I'm going to put that on some really wings. Good. That sounds like it'll be amazing. It does, yeah. Awesome. Well done, Frankie. Cheers. Um, so, last thing to do, as you know, Frankie, after, at the end of every, every episode, is we talk about a legend of the yes. week. This week's legend of the week, um, for me, really, really cool brand, really, really cool um, business, and one that I've actually been working with myself um, which is fifth season fruit okay yeah for those nice. who don't know fifth season um fifth season is uh, freeze-dried fruit
fruit, 100% fruited fruit. They've got strawberries and pineapples and another one which is sort of a, a mixed fruit product. They're really, really brilliant in so much that they're not high, um, high calorie, high sugar products. They're very natural. They're so different to what else is out there on the market, and they taste absolutely. Yeah, they amazing. do taste good. I've had some as well. And everyone that that tries them, I mean, they're really Moorish. Uh, Stuart, the founder, if you can tell us what the magic ingredient is that makes <laughs> them unbelievably Moorish, then um, I'd like to bottle it and sell it, please. So yeah, amazing, amazing brand. One of the things I really love about it as a parent is. There are very few snacks that you can have as a grown-up that you don't feel guilty if you share with your kids. Yeah. Whereas actually, this is something that it tastes really nice, and actually if you grab some and you were to share it with your young children, as I have, then it's, it works out really well. It's a great yeah. snack for when you pick the kids up from school and, <laughs> and, they, and you are both hungry. Um, but really, really brilliant. I love, love, love the brand associated with it. It's vibrant, it's cool. Um, it's a brilliant, brilliant business, and they are—they are on the verge of some really great stuff. I obviously can't share too much because I'm in the inner circle, um, <laughs> but just doing a fantastic, fantastic job of invigorating fresh fruits. Oh, sorry, sorry, invigorating fruit as a category, but making it really easily accessible to yeah. people because we are all trying to be a bit healthier. We are all trying to eat um, better. But a lot of the stuff we do end up buying, the sort of healthy bars or healthy balls. It's or the grab-and-go snacks, yeah, isn't it, really? Yeah, it, they're, they're not quite the pure solution that fifth season are. So, yeah. Um, and they're, and they're, really, they're really, really great business. One of the most, um, most well-run commercial, from a commercial side, businesses I've seen of their size. Um, when you think of the number of businesses that have got really cool brands that are just quite poorly run the other side. This is the other way. And I think, you know, they they respond to the market really well. When they knew the pricing wasn't right, they value engineered the products back, back to a price point that worked. When they, um, you know, when they look at white space, they are looking at what is missing, not what can they pick off from other people. Yeah. They've got a really great attitude towards that stuff. And I, I think you, you have to applaud brands that are willing to just stand out from the crowd in that way yeah, and fruits fried fruits a really cool technology originally de um, designed for astronauts yeah. in, in space um, and such a brilliant brilliant way of bringing fruit to, to households in a, in a really really yeah. delicious way so They're great well done to the amazing people at fifth season very very worthy winners of this week's um, legends of the week Frankie what would you like yes. to talk about next week um, so we've actually had a question come in um, to ask if we could talk about this and I might have to do a bit of homework on it um, but they've asked if we can discuss the difference in uh, design between British companies and American companies interesting um, so I'm, I'm assuming they're not from here um, but I don't know if some has applied uh, some of what we've talked about has applied to them but I, I'd like to yeah I'd like to dig into that a little bit and see how um, maybe not even that specific. Maybe just saying, how do you, how do you create for a culture or for an evolving culture? Yeah. Um, and look at how you have to sort of take pieces of information and maybe adapt it slightly for your market, your country, yeah. your even north and south. Like, I think like those regional sort of, differences. Yeah. yeah. There, are, there are so many brands, particularly startups now, that you're going to get an opportunity to develop internationally, and you have to be able to react to different types. So I love the fact that that's coming from from a um, from a listener um, and we will definitely jump on that yeah. next week. 
So, guys, that's the end of episode seven. All that's left to say is we're going to have a wonderful week and we will yep. see you next episode. See you next time. See you. See you. Bye. Bye.